You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is George Zaria, CEO of Bitcoin. This episode is brought to you by the Bitcoin.com exchange, the exchange you can trust. Buy and sell Bitcoin as well as 250 digital assets. The Bitcoin.com exchange is secure, fast, easy, and reliable. Register within seconds and buy crypto with a credit or debit card. Join our community of traders now. Exchange.bitcoin.com. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. George, welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Hi, Dustin. Pleasure to be here. Ah, well, thanks again for coming on. You know, George, this space is ever-changing and ever-evolving. Uh, and you've been it for some time. I mean, do you ever get to turn it off? And what have you learned? Do I ever get to turn it off? Uh, that's a very good question. I never thought about it. And, 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 and <laughs> not since I started thinking about it, you actually, yeah, it's very hard to turn it off. Very hard. Uh, you leave it and breathe, breathe it, basically. And, uh, and, and the reason being is that the space is so, so dynamic and so, uh, I mean, it's just, you, I always, always say that, often say that the, you know, crypto years is like dog years, one, one for seven. So you live, you live one, one crypto year, you basically spend seven and in the traditional, you know, industry, let's put it that way. So, so absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, hard to switch it off. Uh, lots of, lots of uh, things happening. Uh, there is, you know, uh, new wars every every other quarter or, or so. We we have we seen uh, the market is continuing to be volatile. The development is is on track. Uh, the progress is, is is absolutely fascinating of of the industry and how it's growing. Uh, so I think everyone who's in the, in this space is is uh, very motivated and very encouraged with where we are. And, and so what do you attribute that to? I mean, why is there so much excitement around this thing called blockchain and this world of digital assets? Uh, well, it's, it's simple. It's, it's to, to pioneer uh, uh, a new industry. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a bit of like a, uh, like a bunch of fanatics, uh, you know, following the leader, uh, Satoshi, but the in, in our cases, I think it's it's a much broader uh, a broader notion of, of following uh, an idea of changing the world. And uh, for people who are in the industry, the, this change, our upcoming change, is so obvious that uh, the people are becoming very confident and very excited about how things may uh, improve. Uh, for the future of the financial industry and for any industry, in fact, using using blockchain technologies and uh, 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 and, and 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 pushing in the new paradigm for money. And why do you think that the the I will say those that came before us, uh, the, the central banks and the the current payment rails that are out there, why do you think that they didn't fix these problems? I mean, I have to imagine they had the resources, they they had the man and woman power to do it. Why did it take a bunch of knuckleheads to, to come together like uh, like you and some of the others out there to really stand up and say enough is enough? Why didn't they do something? 
Ah, it's politics, right? And politics uh, is 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 burdensome. It's it's a, a, it's tangled in in bureaucracy. Uh, it's a massively uh, complicated uh, uh, rules of multi-governmental. Uh, again, pol- another layer of politics and so on and so forth. We, uh, I think, if we you know try to appeal to the history and how things have, have started, essentially the the Lehman Brothers collapse has triggered uh, a monumental changes in the in the world economy and uh, uh, the ripple effect across multiple different nations, and that's uh, that that has triggered people to think about, you know, the future of stability. If something like, like a mortgage, mortgage crisis in, in the U.S. can, can uh, cripple the world, I mean, how can you, how can you rely on, on any central bank, in fact? And, uh, I mean, right now, I guess we're having sort of a, another wave of, of similar type of thinking. When, when, when the coronavirus hit the, the world, it's, it's, it's a major stress for, for a world economy. How can the government can or central banks can fix the problem? Well, well, all they do is printing money now, right? And and you start thinking like, well, how long how long this printing is gonna uh, is gonna be happening? And uh, who can really fix the problem? DeFi, decentralized finance, uh, <clears throat> decentralized concepts, uh, digital uh, digital cryptocurrencies that are that are that, that are not. Uh, dependent on, on, on any central bank. That's the solution that we are pushing forward with. That's fascinating. So what made you focus on building and designing an exchange? I mean, it, there's many challenges and there's probably much easier things that you could have done. Uh, why, why an exchange? Well, uh, actually exchanges is, uh, is not our core product at the moment. So we, we started as an exchange uh, two and a half years ago. And uh, right now we are, are well, we, we're pushing forward with the uh, much broader uh, a product offering, which is uh, uh, wrapped into in a prime brokerage solution. So that includes uh, providing a, a liquidity as an exchange. We offering lending. We offering access to multiple different exchanges. In fact, uh, top seven exchanges at the moment. We'll add it to top twelve by end of the year. Spot derivatives, you can have it basically from one account. You have direct market access to all, all, all of these exchanges, and and all the uh, the bells and whistles that traditional prime brokers offer. Uh, so portfolio margining, collateral collateral management, and so on and so forth. So with the, with what our idea is basically is to, when we started business and in, in uh, as an exchange, this is is the same. I mean, the main the goal was the same. It's basically to to bridge the gap between the traditional finance to uh, simplify and ease access to the digital uh, assets market for institutional and professional traders and investors. And uh, within the exchange uh, product line, we, we, we were building products and features that are common for uh, professional traders, like you know, fixed protocol, optimized latency, co-location, all these kinds of things. And, uh, and within the prime broker space, it's a slightly different area. It's much broader. We're aiming to achieve same, uh, same, same kind of thing, same kind of feel. So they, the hedge fund that has been trading, uh, you know, uh, global equities, uh, will not feel, uh, having, having, you know, accessing, uh, digital assets space is something of a, of a burden. 
Yeah, and it sounds to me that you're giving this space what it needs. It's peace back. I mean, for you to bring in a, a new level of investor, they must have confidence in the market. You know, what's that been like for you to see such a change? I mean, at the beginning, let's say it's the wild, wild west. And now as things are as things are being redesigned and, and being fixed in holes and the new highway that's being uh, laid down, what's that been like for you? Uh, absolutely. I mean, we... We, we were closely monitoring the, the trends and, and, and how the market evolves, uh, especially from the institutional side of things. Uh, the, there, there, there were a number of trends, right? So there's one of the trends that uh, we've spotted a while back was, was a, a centralization of, of liquidity, was a consolidation of, of uh, exchanges. The smaller exchanges just fell off during the, uh, the last crypto winter. And uh, within the institutional segment, I think the, this trend to centralize certain things is even harder. So it's, it's uh, uh, the uh, if we look at let's say fiat clearing and settlement, most of the participants are using two banks for US dollar settlements, Signature and Silvergate. So these two becoming essentially a central clearing house for for any of your dollar settlements. There are similar trends within the industry in terms of like where the liquidity is is based. Where, where do you go to to tap into liquidity? So you have a handful of exchanges with the, with the core liquidity, well, well, two hands probably at this point in time, but again, the consolidation is, is, is ongoing. And, uh, and, and you know, margins are being, being tighter, the market is becoming more efficient, there's less arbitrage opportunities, there's less inefficiencies and crazy swings, and the market is becoming more efficient, so you need to compete uh, compete for your alpha, so you need to you need to offer better services, better infrastructure. That's that's the uh, 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 that's the trend. So the the other trend is is the regulatory trend that has uh, well started quite swiftly and and, and now kind of it it it, it kind of uh, slowed down a little bit as you know most of the jurisdictions have adopted some sort of a regulation. And uh, we see that there's, there's a lot of comfort now from the institutional side entering the space. The rules, the rules of the game are more or less uh, are, are written out. You understand what sort of risks you're facing. You understand how to train your compliance. You understand how to mitigate risks, in particular the, the money laundering risks and, and so on. So that's, uh, uh, that, that's I mean, very, very good uh, uh, very good progress made on, on, on a number of different banks here. So the infrastructure and, and the regulation now, that's has been great. Has been in, your wealth. Yeah, absolutely. Great insight because there is this belief by, for many outsiders when they look at this thing called cryptocurrency and they assume everybody are bad actors, that it is a space full of bad people looking to do nefarious things and companies try that are against governments and against and yet what I'm finding out from you and, and many of the others that, that I've met on my journey is that is not the case, that you're trying to improve a system that had many problems, uh, a system that was fractured and was taking advantage of those that didn't have the ability to stand up for themselves. And so what's it been like for you, George? You know, you're a CEO in an emerging asset class, in an emerging space. What's it been like to be a CEO in all of this? It's a lot, of, a lot of learning. So basically, the uh, the skill set that you've adopted over my career, over my over your career or any career is, is is something that you have to forget for a little while because again, it's uh, it's an absolutely uh, different world and very vibrant. 
I've spent uh, most of my career in prime brokerage electronic trading and investment banks. And uh, I mean, what I've known from 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 that experience is, is you know, is is very different from what what I'm learning now. Uh, I can I can definitely uh, apply a lot of my my knowledge about the traditional financial space in, into it, uh, but it's a lot of learning. I mean, the things that are are being invented, things that are being uh, uh, innovated in within the space, the new business models, the new paradigms being being produced. That's a very exciting space to be in for me because you can you can actually learn. And uh, you know, you speak to a lot of your colleagues from the traditional finance, and they they they're getting bored so badly uh, because nothing is happening. I mean, the traditional finance is more about regulation than about business at the moment, and uh, it's, it's it's such a stale environment. Uh, so when they when they switch over, it's yeah, it's like a gulp of fresh air. It's, you're, you're alive again. Yeah. And what got you into all this? Okay. So before, before this, yeah. you were in the world of finance. I mean, going from finance to digital assets, crypto, whatever you want to refer to it as, um, it's quite the change. Were you interested in this space because you saw the holes or you saw problems you knew you could fix? What brought you into it? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was a very natural process for me. Uh, I was, you know, most of my life I was working with the institutional clients around the world, offering access to the emerging markets. So I worked in Russia, China, India. I, I know the infrastructure of the, you know, the, most of the uh, uh, largest global exchanges. And uh, uh, there was this particular niche that uh, we, uh, we particularly we, we looked at when, uh, uh, when the market started to sort of have a, have their have it have its retail hype. The 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 service level for institutional clients was about the same about the same uh, uh, level as as the retail. So you basically you 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 get to sit in the same uh, uh, support queue for uh, for getting your question answered as as any retail client. So the uh, uh, the the products and services that we offer, the stability of the uh, uh, of the exchanges that were operating at the time in 2017. Uh, so simple things like just getting onboarded through and have a custom manager to to call to and have a have a have a beer with that that was non-existent. So we looked at it from the position that we we want to offer a better service to the institutional clients. It was simple as that, and then. Uh, we just, you know, that was just a, a tiny little tip of the iceberg of what you could do actually in the space for uh, for the institutional clients. And we started growing. We started growing with exchange offering and multiple different features that our clients appreciate and then custody and then uh, fund administration, uh, technology solutions, and the prime brokerage finally. Interesting. And so kind of changing gears a little bit, because as an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur, I love getting in the head of someone that, that gives it all they have and never turns it off. How do you decide on where your time should go? I mean, you probably get eight and a half million emails a day, requests all around the planet, um, and you only have so many hours, so many minutes to you. So how do you decide on where your time should go, where it should be spent? And then when all of these ideas hit your head about things you can do with the business, how do you pick which one's the right one? Oh yeah, it's, I think it's the for for CEO the prioritization of, of tasks and, and and 
and vector of development generally is, is one of the most critical things you can think of. Uh, I mean, I, I do use a lot of tools that to, to help me organize my work, uh, all sorts of task management tools, the, the, the usual Slack and, 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 uh, uh, and chat groups with my colleagues, you know, by, you know, topic, by, uh, by theme and so on. Uh, but, uh, you also need to, to sort of take a step back and take a breather and, and zoom out essentially out of the situation. So I have a, uh, I have coaching sessions that help me really to structure, uh, work properly and, and, uh, and, and fix my, uh, make sure that my personal things don't get away, uh, don't get ahead and, 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 and vice versa. So this, uh, it's a complex. Uh, it's a complex approach, obviously. There's no cookie cutter solution to, to it, but, uh, it takes, I think, experience and, uh, and patience and persistence as well to, to master the, the skill of time management. Now, that, that said with a, a lot of humility. Um, and so on your journey, I imagine there were people that, that helped you, that mentored you. Who were some of the people that you admire? Some of the people that have come before, the people that you're currently working alongside of. Who's picked you up on days that you needed a little yeah. extra push? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, there are a lot of people, obviously, that I, I work with that I, I, I really appreciate their, their input and, uh, and experience. Uh, but I, I always remember one of my first jobs at, uh, uh, Renaissance Capital. That was 2005, 2006, one of the, the golden years of, of the company. It's a, it's an emerging, uh, emerging markets investment bank based in, uh, London, Moscow and, uh, sub-Saharan Africa. And uh, the founder of, of the investment bank uh, from New Zealand, Stephen Jennings, uh, he uh, he came from Credit Suisse originally, and he managed to be one of the most successful investment banks in the history of finance in a very relatively short period of time. He seen the opportunity it was a, it was a similar kind of situation: emerging market, high growth, very unstructured, very inefficient, wild west all the way, and uh, off you go. So that was it was a huge success. I mean, he ended up selling it for one dollar when the when the crisis hit. <laughs> but still, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. But uh, that's someone that left an impact. I would say that we all leave a footprint. We we all, if we yeah, like it or not, we're yeah, writing yeah. our story and leaving a legacy. And now I imagine there's a bunch of people that look up to you and on people that you don't want to let down. And and each day you're giving them and, and you're giving everything you do. Um, I have a belief that all it takes is is all you got. So going forward, where, where is Bquan a year from now, five years? What's your goal? Uh, and ultimately, what is your long-term um, vision? Well, we very much focused on, on, uh, on, on building the, the team and, and, and building a, uh, a process that, that, that would never stop. Uh, so the way we approach the, the products and the uh, 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 just the, the general sort of uh, survival mechanisms and the uh, redundancy mechanisms for, for the business is, is very, very thought, thought through and important. What, what, what we build is, is, uh, is, a, is a product that will, uh, uh, will be there within, you know, for, for a long run. And that's, that's how the business model is, is, is structured. Uh, the, uh, uh, our idea is that we obviously will grow with the market as market evolves and the, uh, the new investors are coming into the space and it will eventually become, uh, an asset class just like any other asset class for 
for the traditional financial system. And uh, ultimately, that's where we're leading towards and uh, trying to, to bridge that gap together. So I think we, I mean, in, in, the, in the future, I think we, we see ourselves as, a, as a, uh, one of the, uh, uh, I wouldn't say the household names within, within, the, uh, within the financial space, but definitely one of, one of the financial institutions that are, are recognized for its achievement within the, with the cryptocurrency industry and the, and the, and the blockchain. Uh, but with the same authority that the current investment banks have. Absolutely. And, and you're leaving an impact, one that affects um, the majority, something that will ultimately long-term leave an impact greater than those who've come before. You're creating something that hasn't been done before, uh, something that's changing the Absolutely. world. Uh, how do we find Bquant? Uh We are uh, operating under a number of, Brand. So Bquan.io, this is the exchange. Bquan.pro, that's our prime broker. Safequant.io is our custodian. And uh, we also have Quantrack.io as a fund administration business. That's great. And I would say final question. For those out there, the entrepreneurs that have an idea, they had this crazy idea in their head for some time. How did they get it out of their head, George? <sighs> well, uh, how to get uh, their ideas? I mean, the, the, the I mean, just the general advice. I mean, they just don't don't give up. I mean, don't don't ever give up. And uh, persistence is 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 key. And um, we, you know, you may you may be surprised in how things may may actually change in in our favor. Frankly speaking, the the uh, the COVID crisis uh, has been has 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 played a a, a good thing for. For us in the industry, because it pushed the transition into the digital space massively, and we're seeing the support, we're seeing the demand, and uh, the way things are, are growing and evolving. Uh, so, be positive. You know, look look into the future and uh, see that light. Well said. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us on the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thank you, Dustin. It's a pleasure. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.